Hello everyone. Welcome to another episode of VR in Education. Today we have two members of Stamford American International School with us. And they're here to talk to us about their experience using the VR application Becoming Homeless by Stam Stanford VR. Welcome to the show. Why don't we start out by introducing yourself and uh, what you do here at the school. Uh, my name is Sharon Newman. I'm the secondary school math teacher and the CAS coordinator at Stanford. My name is Zoe. I'm a student, also one of our students. <laughs> awesome. So again, as I said before, we're here today because you guys had an amazing experience and situation or project established. And I want to have listeners learn a little bit more about that. So why don't we start with you, Ms. Newman. Tell us about the event that you hosted at the school called the World's Biggest Sleepout. The World's Big Sleepout is a global campaign that was expected to have 50,000 people worldwide sleep outside on Saturday, December 7th. Uh, it was the first time they were doing it annually. The goals were to raise awareness, express solidarity, and collect enough funds to assist a million homeless and displaced people. Uh, it was also hoping to send a message to the world's political leaders, and they were looking to raise $50 million. Wow. I think there were some celebrities that were also part of that campaign. Zoe, do you remember who some of the famous celebrities were that they were sort of pinning their credentials to? No, but I do remember, I think, the one, one of the um, sleepouts in America, they had, like, performers. I couldn't name which ones exactly it was. No problem. So, why? let's go to you, Zoe. Why do you think homelessness is such a problem in the world? I mean, honestly, I feel like it's kind of like almost a cycle. Like, a lot of the people who are homeless aren't homeless because they're not working hard enough or stuff like that. And I feel like a lot of people see it like that, but it's really, it's not like that at all. People can be homeless or just kicked out of their houses or evicted or just like a series of kind of bad events. And none of that could be actually reflected on what they were doing. Mm. It could just be like wrong time, wrong place. And that's why I think that's such a big issue because it could happen to anyone, you know? Cool. So during the event, you were given an opportunity to try the VR application called Becoming Homeless. Many viewers aren't familiar with the application, so uh, why don't you, Zoe, tell us a little bit about what the VR application was all about. Okay, so we had like a little chair and this like head thing, like a screen with like headphones, um, and so you gotta like play as this person going through like a series of events. Um, and it literally puts you in that person's shoes and you had controllers you could like do things or kind of point to different things. And it kind of like guided you along like this story of like the struggles of just like how it starts and how it gets worse and like just smaller things that like make it even harder. Mm. Um, what was the first room or event that you had to experience? The first room was in your house and um, basically didn't have enough money to pay for rent. And so you had to like find things in your house that you could sell to try to make enough money. Um, and 
out of all the people that played it, no one got enough money to actually be able to pay rent. Um, and you had things in your, and it was like a good house too. I think you had like a TV, mm. you had paintings, you had a cell phone. It wasn't like, it was, it was very like, not high end, but like average. Do you remember some of the things that you decided to sell first in there? Yeah, I sold uh, the TV, then my phone, and then I think a painting or two. Ah. And, oh, like a, a couch mm. as well. <laughs> Tell us then, after that, what was the next thing that uh, you experienced in the VR application? Uh, the next thing was you were, since you were kicked out of your home, you are basically sleeping in your car, and you heard like this, uh, Thing on the radio that was talking about how police are now going and kicking people out of their cars and saying that it's illegal to sleep there, which in many, many places it is, um, which is unfair to a lot of people if they don't have homes and only a car. Uh, and so you get like stopped by police and they basically take away your car. Mm, wow. And <laughs> yeah. then what? And then um, I think this was based in the UK, I'm pretty sure. or some European country and many European countries have these buses that are open during the night that just kind of roam around so that way homeless people or people without a home can't um, like sleep there and have somewhere like sheltered to be and so you were on this uh, well first it was like a MRT kind of situation and then it was like a city bus uh, and you kind of just got to see like from their point of view like the struggles of that. I mean like in places like Singapore, like the MRT isn't open for that mm. um, at that time during the night. Uh, and even in the situation where it was open for them, it was still like difficult and there's people like harassing you and you had to like get off in the morning and like just all these other factors that like went into making it harder when you just wanted to sleep. You know, you mentioned the word struggle. There is a bit of a struggle, uh, if I remember correctly, on the bus that uh, almost shocks you in a way. Can, do you remember that experience? And oh, can you tell yeah. me about that? <laughs> everyone got like, everyone freaked out when they were playing this part. There's basically this uh, man on the bus. Well, there's two kind of sections. This man on the bus that was known for like harassing people and kind of like giving people a hard time. And also people who try to steal your bag. So in the game, you had to make sure that you were pulling your bag towards you because people kept on trying to take it. Uh, and then also this man that would come up and in the game he would like jump scare you but obviously like in real life it would be him harassing you mm. probably like possibly even jumping you you know uh so i think it was kind of like a easy way to show like look like you're trying to go to bed you're trying to sleep you're trying to get ready for tomorrow for whatever it may be and now in a location that is sheltered there's still tons of other problems like people harassing you, people trying to steal their things and the thing is like that's very common, mm. even like in any place, because when you're like in desperate need of something, like it's, that's what people are gonna do. What was your favorite parts? So by the way, excellent explanation yeah. of the application. <laughs> what was your favorite part of those three almost sort of correlated events? Um, I think my favorite part was at the very end, because uh, you're on this bus and there's other people on it as well and you can like tap on them and hear their stories and you kind of just hear like different perspectives of why people are homeless mm. and uh, this one lady that was on the bus she was like a businesswoman or something 
but she had like a history of like really abusive parents. She had PTSD, and so she ended she ended up um, marrying like an abusive husband, and so she became homeless to avoid that. And it kind of like shows that sometimes homelessness isn't just about not having a home; it's a lot of other problems combined into not having a home. For like that, for example, like she was not having a home to escape something else, hmm. and it kind of like shows that homelessness isn't just about. Oh no! These people don't have homes. It's like a ton of other issues as well. Wow. So, yeah. <laughs> Ms. Newman, she Zoe did an amazing job of going over the application. So I'm gonna sort of mix this up a bit and say, what did you like best, or what was your most sort of moving experience when you tried the VR app? I would say physically moving was definitely the man harassing people on the <laughs> bus because I did I did jump as well. But the part that I would say I appreciated the most was at the end when you got to hear the three different stories. Uh, the gentleman that had to sleep on the bus with his 10-year-old son because his wife had just passed away and the hospital bills had surmounted to be um, too much for them. It, it really brought a a personal aspect that everybody has their own story and we shouldn't judge people too quickly. Mm, well said. Which, I mean, you, you get into my next question, which is, you know, what message or why do you think Stanford, not Stanford, our school, but Stanford VR, what message were they trying to make out of this thing? Um, well, I definitely think that the game is, like, well-designed. It makes it, like, fun and engaging. And I think, like, it's kind of like bringing you th through this journey. But even though it's VR and like you're in their shoes, like you don't have like a personal connection to it because you know that it's not you. But it kind of just shows like how it could be you. Like you could easily be in that situation. And I guess like a lot of people from our school, like maybe not because they have like tons of funds and like an edu like a really good education to kind of back them up in case anything goes wrong. But it's easy to say that the majority of people like don't have that like backup and having it as like a VR game to just like literally be in their shoes and to experience it kind of like shows like a perspective that you don't usually see by just like reading a story or by doing something else like yeah you're like you're in their literal shoes yeah and you know what struck me you you only experienced it once correct yeah yet your description of the fine details, like you know what they were saying on the radio in the car, as well as what the lady and some of the other people were saying on the bus, leads me to believe it was incredibly, uh, you know, a empathetic for you, but b how you know the experience itself made you remember things that yeah. you know maybe the average person who was just watching a video on a pancake, like two-dimensional screen, might not have picked up. Uh, yeah, I think definitely because even in the game, like it kind of started off fun, like oh, like what should I sell, kind of thing, and then just slowly it kind of turned, like you, you really gained empathy for this character because mm. they were talking to you and like you were trying to like save yourself. And it's different from just like watching a documentary about homelessness because like you don't equate yourself as those people, you know. But like when doing it in VR and you're forced to have it be you almost, it kind of creates this more like emotional attachment to the people. And so like, I, I remember like taking it off, like the headset off and I was just like, 
damn, like, that was, that, that went dark. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Ms. Newman, back to you for a minute. So, you know, kudos for you for uh, orchestrating this for a number of students here at uh, SAIS. How else, besides events like the world's biggest sleep out, how else do we tackle the problem of homelessness? Well, Billion Bricks was the company that brought this to me, and they are working um, by providing weather hide tents to people in need, uh, displaced people for natural disasters or other reasons. They're about 300 USD a piece. Uh, but ultimately, I think it's about governments providing more services, drug alcohol treatment, social workers, job training, building infrastructure in cities that will help solve homelessness as opposed to discouraging it. Um, it's sad to see that they're building benches that only fit two people wide so that people can't lay on them or that they're at an incline so that people will ultimately fall off of them or they're putting spikes in the ground where people may try to find a quiet place to sleep at night. Um, we just really need to be more supportive of each other and understand that things happen. Like it's often mental health, family issues, low wages or unstable hours. These are things that we can all encounter. So we need to be supportive. So was that the first time that you were in uh, a more expensive, high-end, immersive VR headset? No. I actually do have a VR headset at home. My dad ended up getting one, I think, like on like a extreme discount when he bought his phone. And uh, that was my second or third time using it, I think. Uh, but I used it before for like horror games and stuff like that. And oh, like different like short films as well. Yep. Um, just because, again, it's like it's super immersive mm. and everything is just, I feel like, more memorable. How about you, Ms. Newman? Was that the first time that you were in VR? That was definitely my first time. <laughs> and what surprised you about the this new medium? Uh, I would say I was first surprised when I was in the car because when I turned around, I could see the back seat of the car. Uh, there was actually a bed in there. I mean, I, I felt like I could climb back there and just lay down. Like, um, or watching students do it, it was interesting as well because you'd see their hands and they would try to grab the things on the desk or you would see what they were trying to read. And it's, you really do feel as if you're going, that it's you. Yeah, yeah. I had one situation where uh, it's called Ricky's Plank Experience. And so you basically go to the <laughs> top of a building and then uh, the elevator doors open up and you have to walk tiptoe on this plank. That's so scary. <laughs> so it was, I mean, I'm super scared of heights. So this boy wasn't super scared of heights. So he had gently asked me, like, can I pretend to fall off? And I said, yeah, yeah, sure. Because he was very comfortable on the plank. So he steps off the plank and he's falling down to the ground and he literally buckled to his knees. He was so scared once he started. And it, it was an eye-opener to me that, you know, you've got to be careful, even people who seem pretty courageous in there because of the realism. Um, this example of using uh, becoming homeless for your guys' sleep out event is a perfect case of how we might connect a tool like VR to purposeful, authentic situations. 
how else do you think schools might tap into the magic of VR? I mean, I feel like for an international school, a lot of kids like don't have that like real experience of some things. Like, that's why we go and have like a one-week camp in a location because like, for some people like they might experience like kind of like how this country works or how that happens. But a lot of us, in my opinion, are kind of sheltered. So when we kind of encourage students to use like VR, or, like a travel and go like see or like experience an emotional attachment to those things, I feel like it just helps you become more open-minded and understand the outcomes and how it could be you. Good answer. How about you, Ms. Newman? Where do you see, Ms., uh, just for the listeners, Ms. Newman's also a math teacher, and uh, I'm not sure if you got that at the start, and of all the subjects, you know, I would argue math is probably the hardest to connect to real life, so. So I love the VR experience in this instance for building empathy in a country where we only have a thousand homeless and they're not very visible. But I loved the idea of using it for social emotional needs and education. But I am a math teacher and I did think about that as well. And I would love to see this application used for 3D experiences or making problems more real life. Um, I could use Pythagorean theorem for a zip lining problem and have them zip lining at different speeds. So anybody listening, if you could write the programs, I will gladly use them in my classroom. (laughs) That is a great example. Anything else then you two, anything else that you think you haven't gotten to say yet that listeners might be uh, interested in hearing as it pertains to VR or even homelessness in general? Um, Kind of what you were saying about there only being thousand homeless people in Singapore. I feel like kind of another big problem of things like that is that you really don't see it. And like, for example, like I told my friend like that I was doing the big sleep out for homelessness and they're like, wait, there's homeless in Singapore? And I was like, yeah. But I mean like Singapore especially is like such a known, like rich and like fancy place where I feel like the government and just people in general like really tried to hide it mm. and to not realize it. But I feel like the first step in any sort of thing like this is just the realization that it's a thing and it's there and like something needs to be done to do it like, and to fix it. Good observation. Ms. Newman, closing thoughts. Uh, the virtual reality just helped reinforce in my mind not to judge a book by its cover and to treat others the way you want to be treated. Mm. Well, hopefully, if we're lucky, Stanford VR, which is um, their innovators when it comes to virtual reality applications, hopefully they listen to this and they think up more applications to create uh, empathetic experiences for people. Thanks so much, you guys, for giving me your thoughts and uh, hope you have a great holiday break. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you.